Hi folks, Neil here. We want to help you learn all about Barcelona. That's why you can listen to this episode in the Circa app for iPhone and get all the show notes, pictures, maps, and links you need to find everything we tell you about in this Barcelona guide. Best of all, in the Circa app, you can message a Circa concierge. You can get any question answered by real people here in Barcelona. Where to see FC Barca play, how to use the metro, where to eat a delicious seafood paella on the beach right now. We're giving you a friend to ask anywhere in the world. And who knows, you might even get to talk to me. For a limited time, the Circa Travel app is completely free. Get it in the App Store right now or at circatravel.com. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hi everyone, my name's Neil Innes. I'm one of the folks at Circa in charge of all of the amazing travel guides we're launching this summer. And I also host the Circa Guide to Barcelona from this beautiful city on the Mediterranean. We'd like to invite you to download the Circa app for iOS for free. It's out right now in the App Store. Inside the Circa app, you'll find maps and info on all the places we recommend, plus bonus episodes and early access to all of the other guides. Go to circatravel.com or click the link in the notes. Right now, you'll be able to listen to Circa Guide episodes about London, Barcelona, Los Angeles, Rome, and Iceland. And coming soon, Paris, Mexico City, Hawaii, Costa Rica, and more. Once more, that's circatravel.com, spelled C-E-R-C-A travel.com. I'll see you there. Welcome to Circa. In this Drive Here episode, we will be listing a lot of places, people, and incredible things to do as we road trip on the beautiful Costa Brava. We're going to give you a lot of information, but don't worry. There will be maps, notes, and info on the places mentioned here in the Circa app. So whether you're in Barcelona and looking for a quick getaway, heading there right now on holiday, or would just like to learn all about this historic part of Spain, you're in the right place. This is what we do. So just sit back, put your headphones on, and enjoy the drive. Let's go to the Costa Brava. Circa. Love the world you live in, and we'll help you explore it. Sixty kilometers north of Barcelona is the little city of Blanes. It's home to a sprawling botanical garden called Marimurta, 37 acres filled with more than 4,000 species of plants from all over the world, with insects and parrots found almost nowhere else in the country. Through the center, a long path and ten flights of stairs lead down to the bright white Linnaeus Pavilion a wide pillared structure which overlooks a high-cliffed green cove 
and the deep blue Mediterranean. It's a knockout view, unique and unexpected. A tropical oasis on the east coast of Spain. Sometimes, people call Marimurta Carl's Garden, named after Karl Faust, an industrial engineer from Frankfurt, Germany. He ran his companies and his staff with a staunch professionalism. Very, um, well, German. But he loved nature, a contrast to a life of air conditioning and plumbing in Barcelona. He garnered a small fortune for the time and fell in love with and retired in Blanes in the 1920s at the age of 50, devoting the rest of his life to the land he had purchased and the upkeep of his enormous garden. He never went home. Another visitor who never left Blanes was the incredible Chilean author and poet Roberto Bolaño. His novel, The Savage Detectives, is probably your best bet if you're headed down the Bolaño rabbit hole. He stumbled upon Blanes by chance in 1985, and he lived there until his death in 2003. The place inspired him like it had Faust, and here in Blanes you'll find the Bolaño route, markers with stories about the writer and his relationship to this little place by the sea. Now, this town of around 40,000 people is marked not only by Carl's Garden and Roberto Bolaño, but is also the gateway to the Costa Brava, the wild coast. A coast filled with unique and unexpected treats. A coast which has captivated and trapped true artists and dreamers for centuries. A super compact 125 curving miles of hidden treasures which wind from this town all the way to Port Bau on the French border. It's one of the most beautiful rugged coastlines you'll ever see, filled with secret coves, medieval hilltop towns, quaint fishing villages, and of course, the sparkling Mediterranean. But it's also packed with ancient castles, fine art, finer wine, incredible museums, and inarguably some of the best food in the world. And although you could drive the entire coastline in only two and a half hours, we're going to be taking our time on the Costa Brava. Because, really, it's the only way to do it justice. I'm Andres Bartos. And I'm Neil Innes. We both came to Catalonia and never went home. And in this episode of Our Barcelona Guide, we're going to leave Barcelona behind. We're going to take you on a road trip to tell you about some of our favorite places on this short but somehow epic coastal route. Barcelona is a city where a car is a total nuisance. The compact nature of it means rarely having to get behind the wheel to get around. But there's only one way to see the Costa Brava and make the most of your time. For around 26 euros a day, you can rent a pretty comfy small car from any major rental agency. Avis, Europe Car, and Hertz all have multiple offices here. Also keep in mind there are many bus services, including Alsa, which run along the coast, connecting the beach towns for those traveling solo or on a budget. But if you want something with a little more zing to fully embrace the beauty of this part of the world, Porsches, Ferraris, and Mercedes are waiting for you at rentbull.es. 
a nice black Porsche 911 4S Cabrio will set you back about 3,000 euros for a week, with pickup and drop-off in the center of Barcelona. From DME luxury car rental, you can go green in a Tesla Model X for around the same price. But wheels aside, traveling by bus, family car, or something a little more showy won't change what's going on outside your windows. It's an amazing trip, no matter what you're driving. So grab some snacks, tune in to some classic rock, because that's how to start every road trip, and head north, out of Barcelona on the C32. You should be in Blanes, the gateway to the Costa Brava, in about an hour. Blanes. Blanes is a little city populated by Catalans with second homes and travelers alike. A port fishing town surrounded by hills, which became a strategic base for authorities to protect the coast from pirates. Like many on this coast, the village was under constant attacks from the sea and was destroyed and rebuilt many times over. It is watched over to this day by the 13th century Castle of St. Juan. This place has definitely been a little frayed by the ravages of the sea, war, and to be honest, by tourism too. Yet somehow it still manages to hold on to its charm. It boomed in the 1950s, and its closeness to Barcelona made summer houses affordable and practical. The center of Blanes, for most sun-seeking visitors, is its four-kilometer-long, clean, sandy beach which curves gracefully, divided into two, by a natural groin and a huge rock called Sa Palomera. If you climb up there, you'll find a wrought iron gate that doesn't seem to lead anywhere. This is the symbolic entrance to the Costa Brava. To the south of the rock, you have Sabanel, and to the north, Blanes Beach. Beach in Catalan is Platja. Cove is Cala. You'll be seeing these words a lot on your road trip. The beachfront here is dominated by hotels and apartments which have thankfully been kept pretty low rise. But behind the hotels, Blanes holds a charming old town center with ancient fountains and architecture. Surprisingly, there are even a few old remaining Gothic mansions built by families returning newly minted from the Americas in the 19th century. Obviously, go and visit Karl Faust's amazing botanical garden, the Marimutra. It's around seven euros to get in, but it is a really magical place. Where else on the Costa Brava can you find a bamboo garden? And if you want to do the Roberto Bolaño walk we mentioned earlier to learn more about a truly unique and brilliant writer, it starts in the Blanes train station. In fact, we'll put a link to a map of the whole walk in the notes for you. For you foodies, there are three open-air markets in town every day except Sunday. And as fishing remains a way of life and work here, from Monday to Friday at 4 p.m. you can hit the fish auction on the harbor. Two euros will get you in for a preview of the tastiest morsels the Med has to offer. If you're game, you can bid. It's so cool to see the catch of the day brought in fresh to bidding chefs and families alike. Bright red palomas prawns, pink octopus, tuna, swordfish, huge mussels, and rainbow mullet. 
This is one of the biggest fish markets on the coast, and in a typical month, it trades around 1 million euros worth of seafood. People will be super accommodating. Nobody is happier to talk about seafood than a Costa Bravian. Popular dishes in Blanes include fish soups and stews that have evolved over the years as fishermen and cooks have added their own twists. Fish suquet is a kind of thick, chunky stew that everyone makes their own way, with their own choice of seafood. You'll see it on menus all over the coast. Walk the beach to Es Blanc, a pretty modern little restaurant with a chic beach shack feel right on the water. Go for beautifully presented seafood plates like tuna tataki and sweet monkfish paired with wine from the nearby region of Emporda. For more local vibe, head into the old square and get cheap and tasty calamari at Café Terrasans. Any of the tapas bars on the square are good for beer. Or you can head to Cerveceria Marina on Calle Puchmal for a brew made right there in the bar. They have stellar IPAs and double malts at around 8%, so be careful if you're planning on driving a little further. Speaking of which... From Blanes to Tosa de Mar. Take the GI 162 North through the center of Loret de Mar. In the summer, the traffic can be a bit of a headache. This town has developed a reputation over the years with its 100 nightclubs and cheap package holidays to cater for a huge influx of summer only tourists looking for cheap beer and sunshine. In the nicest possible way, unless it's winter and you fancy a stroll on the town's empty beach, or you really do have a sudden urge to cut loose and dance the night away, skip this place and head on through to Tosa de Mar. The Costa Brava is really great at any time of year, but obviously for very different reasons. These towns are crazy full in the summer, even more so on the weekends with locals from Girona and Barcelona making day trips or weekend getaways. The winter brings quiet, rain, and wind, but the cost of some pretty luxurious hotels drop to crazy low prices. Some of them even close through the off-season. Restaurants, too. That's important to note. But really, it's worth considering a winter road trip as this rocky coast is seriously dramatic and way more peaceful from December to February. Tossa is about 65 miles north of Barcelona. The Playa Gran, or literally the big beach, in Tosa de Mar looks like the kind you would draw when you were a dreaming, excitable kid off on your holidays. White sands, turquoise water, multicolored terraced houses lined up behind it. To the left, a rocky hill filled with pine trees, and to the right, an old walled city from the 12th century, right on the water of the bay. In the right light, it doesn't look real. National Geographic voted it one of the top 25 beaches in the world. So, definitely, let's stop here for the evening. There are many hotels here in Tossa, but maybe check into the Hotel Diana, right on the beach for around 80 euros per night. This modernist-style boutique hotel has more than 100 years of history. Each room is totally different. Book in advance, if possible. We'll put a link in the notes.
strolling around the Villa Bella, the walled city, in the dusk light, really is like going back in time. You can almost hear harpsichords playing in the distance. Cobblestones, wonky staircases, and creeping ivy coat the tiny streets. Hidden behind an imposing round clock tower is Cala Codolar, a cove. It is a great place to watch the golden hour and relax before dinner. Gan Pini is a quaint little family-run brasserie. In the summer months, you may need to book ahead. Get ready for caramelized foie with apple, and then go for their sharing specials of fish for two people, sea bass or monkfish. There's excellent paella too, their own regional fish stew, and huge grilled lobsters. Or if you're not up for seafood tonight, they cook a killer fillet steak. Vegetarians, sadly, there's not much for you here. So head to Sena. It's outside the old walls on Plaza España. Choose one of their huge colorful salads or, it's not on the menu, but they'll make you a vegetarian paella if you ask nicely. Then obviously head to your hotel and sleep with your windows open and the sound of the sea. And maybe dream of pirates. A short walk or a long one? The Camino Ronda is a coastal walking route which stretches the entire Costa Brava, from Blanes to Portbol. It was originally built for Spanish police to control smugglers bringing in cigarettes, coffee and chocolate in the 18th and 19th centuries. This continued through to the 1940s and 50s, when the Spanish Civil War meant even basic food was in short supply. The route is now lovingly restored and well-walked by hikers and weekend warriors. It's listed on maps as GR92, and you can walk it in about 12 days. It's very clearly marked, but can be challenging with sheer cliff drops and plenty of intense changes in elevation. A great tip, and one of the best things about this trail is that you can hop on and off it in each little village for a stroll. You can walk sections of it for an hour or two, or even take it to the next town for lunch and then back to your base in the afternoon. It's a great way to work up an appetite for lunch or to burn off some calories in the hot sun. Take a morning walk with a big bottle of water from Tosa de Mar along the Camille Ronda to Cala Pola, a cove with crystal clear water, excellent for swimming and snorkeling. It's about an hour away on foot, but it's totally worth it. In fact, a good rule to remember always with the Gami is to keep checking out what's nearby to your stops along the way. Sometimes a secret secluded beach where you'll be completely alone is just a short hike away from any town. Saint Feliu, the Guichols, and wine. Take the winding coast hugging GI 682 north. It's a challenging cliff drive, sometimes hairy, but it's only about 45 minutes to Saint Feliu, the Guichols. We're now in the comarca or county of Baixempurda, a place built on wine. Actually, more than wine, one very specific part of wine the cork. About 22% of the world's wine corks come from here. So every fourth time you've ever heard this sound in your life, this is the place you are hearing. 
A long maritime walkway separates San Paul Beach from the town. Such is the history of many of the towns along the Costa Brava. The lure of the clear water and the shelter of a shady forest on either side made this a holiday town and the commercial port faded. Now, this is a place for sailing, kayaking, diving, and nudism. Anything you can do on the water, you can do it here. This town was built around the Benedictine monastery in the 10th century, which is still standing, by the way. And if history has shown us anything, it's that where there's monks, there's wine. So let's check out some great places to try a glass or two. Head to Viade Vines, a beloved locally owned wine shop which expanded into a tasting room holding more than 4,000 bottles of Spanish and Catalan varieties. Third generation owned, this place also offers some snacks and a terrace, and the two ladies running it are both trained sommeliers. Usually there are three reds and three whites available for ad hoc tasting. If you walk north on the sands of the San Paul beach towards the jetty filled with sailboats, you'll find El Tinglado. It's a big white building, cool looking, almost western, which surprisingly was once an old railway station used to service the port. There's still an original train inside. Now it's a stylish restaurant where you can try a wineless half filled with Empurda reds, whites, and rosés. Maybe grab some grilled sardines to start, and after, a beautifully roasted leg of lamb or their surprisingly good vegetable curry with coconut milk. Then, keep heading north on the C31. Between here and our next stop is Palomos, a larger port set on a huge bay, super popular with windsurfers and sailors, and world famous for its big, bright red prawns. They'll set you back about 60 euros per kilo. The town is a good size and it can be fun in the evenings in the old port bars, but our next stop is a little further up this wild, old coastline. Palafrugell and Yafranc. Palafrugell, difficult to say, but so easy to enjoy. This charming town is actually a little inland cluster of them, including Yofriu, Hermedas, and Tamariu, which are all worth a visit. Ancient, tiny, leafy cobblestone hideaways surrounded by fields of flowers. The beachfront villages near Palafrugel are, of course, where we're heading. These teeny towns are joined by winding roads and little walkable coves. Again, thanks to the Camin de Ronda. Calea de Palafrugel is where you want to be. This village and the villages on either side are walkable in about 30 minutes and are separated by several rocky outcrops and beautiful, small, calm-watered beaches. With narrow streets and quaint two-floor fishermen's homes with bright white arches, Calella has managed to escape the sights of most travelers on the Costa Brava, but it's one of my own personal favorites. There aren't many hotels here, but for amazing views of the beach, go to Hotel San Roque, to the south, overlooking El Cañez Beach, or to Hotel Casamar, with views north to the next bay over and the equally charming neighborhood towns of Yafranc and Tamarillo. 20 minutes south on foot is the Caproche Botanical Gardens, filled with thousands of beautiful wildflowers and, of course, an ancient castle, because, well, on the Costa Brava, there's always an ancient castle. It's another knockout slice of tranquility built by visitors who never left. 
Russian architect Nikolai Vovodsky and British archaeologist Dorothy Webster started to landscape this huge amount of land in 1927. After years of effort and work, they managed to create this tranquil wonder. Not so much in July and August, when the gardens play host to one of the most unsung music festivals in Europe. Memorably named the Caproche Festival, with artists such as Elton John, Bob Dylan, Wilco, Ben Harper, and Andrea Bocelli as regulars on the main stages. We'll put a link to this annual event in the notes for you. Walking along these beautiful connecting coastal paths, spending even a couple of days in this area, lazing on the beaches, swimming, kayaking around the coves, it's pure relaxed joy. There are many places around the beaches of Calella, Yafranc, and Tamariu to rent one for about 50 euros a day. It's so worth it. The crystal clear blue flag waters of the Costa Brava feel somehow even clearer here. I have so many good memories of this place. To this day, one of my favorite meals of my life was in Calea, at a place called Tragamar, where your table outside sits on a cobblestoned walkway, but it might as well be right on the beach. Where else can you take a dip in the sea between courses of burrata, sardines, señorito paella, and gorgonzola cheesecake while your wine stays on ice in the shade? It'll run you about 60 euros, but it's worth it for a quality, long, indulgent lunch with a view to match. In the afternoon, you can wander over to Yafranc to watch the sunset across the coves from Bar Tres Pins. Or you can even stay on a little later for a nightcap. A rum cocktail with the smell of the ocean in your nostrils is a perfect combination and an excellent end to the day. Hi everyone, Circa's recruiting new concierges. A Circa concierge is a friend to ask anywhere in the world. Real people, on the ground, never bots. If you want to be a concierge for your city, go to circatravel.com to sign up. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A quick breakfast at Begur Castle. About 20 minutes' drive north of Calella is a town which encapsulates the past and present of the Costa Brava. It has a castle, of course, from the 16th century. This one is quite spectacular. It has a beautiful bay filled with bathers, of course, steep cliffs, pine trees, check and check. This is Begur. And the most amazing thing about this place is the fact that in the winter months, there are 4,000 people here. In the summer, there can be 40,000. For this reason, we like to get here super early in the morning in the summer when the bakeries are opening and the streets are empty. Finding parking can be tough, so it's best to bite the bullet and pay for a spot. Pick up a coffee and croissant at the old classic bakery Fleca La Palma and walk up to the castle. 
The view from up here across the region of Emporada and the sea is gorgeous. This place also has another history, which summarizes the wealth and beauty here on the Costa Brava. Begura has cultural links to Cuba, of all places. During the 19th century, many people from the towns on the coast emigrated to Cuba and the Americas. The families who made it and did well for themselves, well, they came back and built these ostentatious colonial-style homes which dot all of the towns along this coastline. Actually, this relationship and the culture that surrounds it is celebrated every September with a three-day festival in Begur called the Fira de Indians, where you can find these streets filled with Cuban rhythms and food. Here's a top tip. If you want to stick around this town a little longer, head to Satuna. It's a colorful beach in the East Village area of Begur. This cove is a little difficult to get to, but don't let the winding road put you off. There is paid parking nearby. It holds a real earned and unexpected treat. Get there early if you can and appreciate the romance of the most wonderful bathing in pure transparent waters. Take in the sea, the colors of the painted fishermen's houses, the nearby forest, and the blue skies. Take your fill, because we're heading inland for a bit. Get the sand off you, hop in the car, and head west out of Begur. Follow the signs back to the C-31, and put on some heavy metal, because we're about to get medieval on your ass. Heading inland to Pals and Girona. The town of Pals, which lies only 2.5 miles from Bagur and the coast, is a painstakingly cared for 9th century town. Pals or Palos in Latin means marshland. There is evidence now to suggest that this town existed way before that and further clues that point to it being built on the cultivation of rice, of which it is still famous for today. It can get very crowded in the high season, but in the winter months and off season, you feel like you're walking alone through another time. Another time that's incredibly well signposted with historical information adorning each point of interest in Catalan, Spanish, French, and English. These pretty little streets are now filled with chic galleries selling art, fantastic ceramics, rice, wine, and breads. La Villa Restaurant will sort you out with a nice board of local cheeses and a shady terrace for a glass of cava or Catalan champagne. Or by law, quality sparkling wine produced in a designated region. See, you technically can't call it champagne because of a fight with the French and some EU lawmakers. But there are hundreds to choose from in this region. Look for Juve Camps if you want to try a good classic that never fails. And of course, if you're particularly partial to bubbles, you can always find it in every restaurant all along this coastal route. So from here, we head west. Girona, along with Tarragona to the south of the capital, is often referred to as the other city in Catalonia. It's a place that visitors of Barcelona may not even contemplate. But if you're on this coastal drive, it's barely 40 minutes from our last stop, Pals. And even if you're not, 
It's about the same time by train from the center of Barcelona. Girona is a stunning historic city. For thousands of years, everyone has wanted a piece of this river-set medieval little brother of the north. Everyone from the Moors to Napoleon to Franco tried their luck. This place has faced tens of sieges and battles. Its high walls still stand around its old town. More recently, Girona starred as part of one of the most epic wars in television history when the winding streets of the old city, its ancient bridges, its spectacular cathedral, and Roman baths became bravos in HBO's smash hit, Game of Thrones. The show draws many fans to Girona. The secret of the other city in Catalonia is definitely out, but don't worry, we've got a few more secrets for you. It's certainly worth a couple of days here wandering the streets. So let's check into Hotel Ultonia for as low as 60 euros per night. This clean, well-designed hotel in the center of the town is perfect for couples. The large rooftop has views of the aforementioned St. Mary's Cathedral, the most visited spot in the city. FYI, after St. Peter's in Vatican City, this is the widest Gothic cathedral in the world. Surprising little Catalonia. If you want to push the boat out a little bit, accommodation-wise, try Casa Cacao. This beautiful place is owned by the Rocca family, who brought the world to Girona first. Their triple Michelin-starred Cella de Can Roca has been in the top three restaurants in the world eight times since 2011, twice taking the top spot. The restaurant is in the north of the city in a neighborhood called Domeigne, on an unassuming, honestly pretty shabby-looking street. Not a place you would expect to find one of the greatest meals in the world. There's an 11-month waiting list at the time of writing. And hardcore foodies, for an hour, starting at midnight on the first of every month, you can try your luck at reserving a table. We'll put a link to the only place you can get reservations in the notes. The three brothers, Juan, Josep, and Jordi, chef, sommelier, and patissier, respectively, have gained infamy in the restaurant world with their 30-course degustation menu. This is a once-in-a-lifetime, four-hour-long dining experience you will never forget. For the full Can Roca feast menu with wine pairing, prices can be around 350 euros per person. Cella Can Roca is the place for twisted takes on classics and reality-busting what-the-f*** cuisine. This is deconstructed, hung from trees, liquefied, baked into crackers, turned into perfume, insane food. A single oyster, taken apart and served with five separate sauces. Calamari, frozen with liquid nitrogen and blended. A tree filled with chocolate. Plus, it all starts with an array of dishes called almon, the world. Tiny bites of Thai chicken foie mole arranged on little stands atop a model of a spinning globe. It's a bold introduction to the huge number of plates and influences which are coming. This is a surreal experience that will be hard to top. Book in advance, obviously. That's somewhere between 11 and 15 months in advance. Never fear if you don't get lucky, though. A few houses down the road is another Can Roca. 
This is where the legacy began. This is where Mama Roca, Montserrat Funtané, will cook for you. A typical looking Spanish restaurant with a colored awning and metal terrace chairs and tables. It doesn't look like much, but this is where it all started. And when you see the plates and the price, you will instantly understand why this place gets as busy as it does. Cheap, cheerful, hearty stews, perfectly sourced cannellonis, salted padron peppers, crispy rotisserie chicken. This place smells of the home-cooked food which inspired the kids growing up there to create a world-beating dining experience. Book this one in advance too. Tourists don't flock here because the origin story is not that well-known, but locals love it, and it's packed to the gills each and every day. You'll also want to head to El Cai, Girona's Jewish Quarter. It's one of the most emblematic neighborhoods in the whole of Spain. Girona's Jewish community was thriving until the 15th century, when they were forced to convert to Catholicism in 1492, just like the rest of Spain. Those who refused to convert were expelled from the country. As a result, this place remains almost untouched from the time it was deserted. It's actually considered the best preserved Jewish historic area in the whole of Europe. The Museum of Jewish History on Calle Forza is a must. Ditto for Carré de San Llorenz and Carré Manuel Cundaro, with their narrow walls, steep stone steps, and big windows. Parts of the 14th century walls and towers surrounding the old city were destroyed during the late 19th century to allow it to expand. The missing parts have since been reconstructed, and these days, it's great to stroll along the walkways on top of them. It's an unmissable and unique walk in Girona, and it's called the Passage de la Muralla. Start at Plaza Catalunya on the banks of the Oñar River. From there, you'll be able to see the famous multicolored houses which line its banks and the Eiffel Bridge, designed by, yes, that Eiffel before his famous Parisian Tower. Head up the stairs to the top of the walls. Please watch the cobblestones because the Costa Brava is the land of the sunburnt tourist with a broken ankle. After your walk, hopefully, you'll finish at the cathedral. This is a city which sings of history and its preservation. It's a truly underrated stop on the Costa Brava route. You'll find art and film museums, world-class food, and also the largest city park in Catalonia, the Parque de la Devesa de Girona. Killing a day or two in Girona is easy, fun, compact, and hassle-free. Of an evening, after strolling the river, Girona's food once again takes pole position. There are 16 Michelin-star restaurants in the province of Girona. So if your dreams of booking a table at Selacan Roca were dashed, we'll never fear. Try Masana a classically elegant dining room with perfect service and a focus on seasonal local produce, game, and the beloved mushroom. A 15-course degustation menu with wine for around 200 bucks each is a little extravagant. But if you're settling for second place, this is the only way to go. We're talking fine, fine dining without the waiting list. You can also wander 30 minutes outside of the city to El Cul del Mon, 
literally the ass of the world. It's a joke, obviously, due to its secluded location in the woods surrounding the city. But Chef Bosata's Moroccan-tinged cooking will blow you away. There's a three-course set menu for lunch for about 30 euros with local wine. Dinner will set you back at least triple that. Like patatas bravas and it's all your kids will eat? Try some of the best at Koenig. A sauce so secret, they won't even tell you if it's gluten-free. For sushi, you can't go past the pricey but perfect umai. Basically, Girona has a plate of food ready for every single person who visits. Whatever you want, you'll find it here. Figueres and Dali. 40 minutes north of Girona is one of the most visited places outside of Barcelona in this region of Spain. Figueres. Hop on the AP7 if you fancy a freeway drive, or the N11 if you want something a little more calm. Leave early as this can get heavy in the summer months. Trust us. There's really only one reason that tourists head to Figueres and to this part of Costa Brava. And that reason is Salvador Domingo Felipe Jacinto Dalí y Dumenec, first Marquess of Dalí of Pubol. Hold on to your canvases. Here's what you should know about the truly mad Salvador Dalí. Number one, he was a surrealist painter born in Figueres. Number two, he had a fabulous mustache. Number three, he was told by his parents that he was the reincarnation of his dead brother. Number four, he was suspended from school for inciting a riot. Number five, he once ate a dead bat covered with ants, wouldn't you? Number six, Yoko Ono offered him $10,000 for a clipping of his mustache. He said no, as he thought she would use it for witchcraft. Number seven, he told people anything to shock, including that he was in love with Hitler. Number eight, he stole his best friend's wife, Gala. Number nine, he had a thing for orgies and once invited Cher to one. Sonny was not on the guest list. Number 10, on his first visit to America, he wore a life jacket for the entirety of the time there. Number 11, he had a pet ocelot named Babu, which he would take to watch flamenco shows. Number 12, he once drove 1,000 pounds of cauliflowers from his home to Paris to randomly give them to people on the streets. Number 13, he lost most of his money, but he made a lot of people rich by refusing to pay for anything and giving them artwork in exchange. Number 14, when his remains were recently exhumed for a paternity test, his mustache was perfectly intact. The doctor who embalmed the artist in 1989, Narcisse Bardalet, called it a miracle. So here we are, the Dali Museum. The Dali Museum has to be done early. 10.30 is usually the first available time slot. It's closed on Monday sometimes, and in this part of the world, holidays are many and long. Check your dates and book it online. We'll put a link in the notes. It's around 14 euros, about $16, but for a couple of extra bucks, you can jump the queue. It's worth it unless everyone else that day has felt the same way, and then you're just in a slightly more expensive queue. A surreal joke. Dali said, I want my museum to be a single block, a labyrinth, a great surrealist object. 
totally theatrical. The people who come to see it will leave with a sensation of having had a dream. It sure is that. Built around the remains of the town's old theater, which was burned down during the Spanish Civil War. Dali is embalmed here, below the old stage. Even in death, he remains the center of attention. The place is packed with his work. 1,500 paintings, drawings, sculptures, engravings, installations, holograms, stereoscopes, photography. It's a marvel. A surrealist church built for and by the high priest himself. Okay, let's put on some freaky jazz and hop on the C260 and head east. Catechez and the end. 50 minutes after the surreal dream of Figueres, you'll find yourself in another. Cadaqués. This beautiful whitewashed village at the base of the Cap de Creos has a gloriously remote windswept feeling to it. Wedged on the shore between the mountains and the sea, Cadaqués has a familiar history to the other beachside towns on the Costa Brava. Greeks, Romans, pirates, destruction, rebuilding, a mass exodus to the Americas. The returning Nouveau Riche built luxurious houses which still stand in contrast with the simplicity of the local houses here. And although the story feels similar, the 3,000 or so people who live here in Cadaqués know that they're in a special place. And Salvador Dali knew it too. This was his home for 40 years. Cadaqués is considered by many as the jewel or the pearl, depending on who you talk to, of the Costa Brava. It has been since the 1930s, when the artist and his wife Gala bought a small fisherman's house on the nearby Portigat. At that time, he and Gala had money to spare, and they bought five more neighboring houses to annex the place into one huge studio and one crazy home complete with sofas shaped like lips, a stuffed polar bear, angled mirrors, giant eggs, a Pirelli-sponsored swimming pool. You know, the usual. You can visit the house, of course, and you should. Tickets are on 14 euros, and there can sometimes be a wait. Small groups are let in every 20 minutes or so, but this little sparkling bay with a pebble beach and tiny, colorful fishing boats isn't a bad place to kill time. Dali, for sure, helped make Cadaqués a favorite spot for artists and writers, including Picasso, Duchamp, Max Ernst, Federico García Lorca, Eugenie Dors, Joseph Pla, and Luis Buñuel. They all lived or spent time here. Check into Tramuntana, a clean and beautiful boutique hotel built, designed, and run by the cooler-than-hell Carlos en Rosa. It's about 80 euros per night. Or... If you're with a family, go for the Carpe Diem Cadaqués, a very pretty and leafy apartment complex which overlooks the town and caters especially for groups and traveling families. As always, we'll put links to these places in the notes. Much like Dali often did, head to Chiringuito Maratim on the main beach in Cadaqués for some excellent grilled sardines and some very drinkable Emporda wines to build up some energy and get ready for a hike along the Cap de Creos. 
about 90 minutes along some of the wildest coast in the region. With both walking and road tripping here, the only way to do it is to go slow and to take the time to be surprised. And at the end of this hike and of this journey, there is one more unexpected twist. At the end of your hike, get a terrace table at the Cap de Creus restaurant. It's right behind the white lighthouse. You'll see it, mainly because there's nothing else here. Just you, surrounded by a rocky coast and a blue sea. This pale yellow building, adorned with some flashes of red, offers a 360-degree view of what feels like the end of the world. Rest your feet and browse a menu filled with tapas, soup, salads, and meats from the nearby Garrocha region. Mancheo cheese, baked brie, Iberian and Serrano hams to start, please. Then do what we love to do, something surprising. Order an Indian curry from a choice of nine of them. The karai gosh lamb is the one you want. Yep, that's right. You're perched on the tip of the easternmost part of Spain, on a coastline which sparkles with Catalan history, native artists, local food, at a lighthouse, a beacon, surrounded by the sea, eating one of the best curries in Catalonia. How surprising. How surreal. This beautiful area of the world, home to visitors who never left and locals who always come back, is truly littered with absolute gems, stunning surprises, global benchmarks for food, wine, and beaches. It's so easy to see why the Costa Brava has been a North Star for artists and dreamers. It's a place packed to bursting with moments of sensory overload, the need to take things slow, and so, so many surprises. And those things, those things are what artists, dreamers, and road trippers thrive on. Thanks for road tripping with us on the Costa Brava. We hope you enjoy this little trip from Barcelona. Remember to check out the other episodes in this guide for deeper dives into Barcelona, including its architecture, its football team, and what to do in the city with children. Whether you're heading to Barcelona right now, sometime in the near future, or would just like to learn about a place we truly love, you'll get instant access to the full guide, plus new episodes on a regular basis when you subscribe to Circa. Maybe you want to check out the guides for Rome, London, Mexico City, and many more, and many more to come. For access to everything that comes along with a Circa subscription, be sure to download the Circa app. <laughs>